Shalom Mishpacha. Shalom, family. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. <laughs> We're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people. We're the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, Mishpacha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere, to be Red hot for the Messiah. Well, my guest, he's been a guest previously, is Pastor Kenan Bridges. And Kenan told me about a new book, but more important than a a new book is the subject. Why is this subject so important, so critical right now? Because the United States of America is at a crossroads. And it appears that unless God does something, uh, the society, the greatest society the world has ever known, is about to kind of crack. And if that occurs, is it going to happen to you? Is it going to happen to me? Well, that's why I love Kenan's new book, Supernatural Favor, because whether uh, the U.S. goes south, so to speak— or whether it stays in prosperity, I have walked not in the favor of God, and I have walked in the favor of God. Favor is a whole lot better. Uh, Kenan, what would you say was the beginning of this supernatural favor that you teach? Well, the beginning for me happened many, many years ago. And God introduced me to this message of favor. I was actually a young person. And when I got saved, Sid, and rededicated my life to the Lord and filled with the Holy Spirit, and I share my testimony often how God actually spoke to me with an audible voice, called me into the ministry, there was only one problem. I was doing horrible academically. I was told that I would not be able to graduate high school. In fact, they said that I had an attention deficit. I couldn't comprehend. I couldn't sit still. And I was really just kind of frustrated. I figured that, hey, if God's called me in the ministry, it may it may be well if I can at least graduate from high school. That might help a little. <laughs> and, um, so how did you prove the doctor's wrong? The, the school people wrong. What, what, even the doctors uh, told you. What did they tell your mother? Well, when even when I was young, they told my mother, you know, I wouldn't be able to pass the second grade. And I, I had a lot of behavioral problems in school. I fought all the time. I actually spent more in middle school. I spent more time in in-school suspension and suspension than I did in the classroom. And it was the yeah, you know, the Bible talks about being a new creation. I know you. I've interviewed you previously. Uh, the person you're describing to me, I, I can't comprehend being you. <laughs> it's a different person you're talking about, Keenan. <laughs> well, to, to, to Yeshua be all the glory, because it was him that, that turned things around. And, and what happened to me you know, I came up under the days of Kenneth Hagin and people like that, John Osteen, Marilyn Hickey. And one of the things that God began to do in my life was he taught me about meditating in his word. In fact, the first scripture I memorized 
was Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. And it says that blessed is the man, or in other words, in the Hebrew, it means favored, empowered to prosper is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. That's the advice of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, the Torah of God. And in his law or Torah does he meditate day and night, and he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and he will bring forth fruit in his season, and whatever he does shall prosper. And that's what began to happen. I began to meditate in the Word, in the Scriptures, day and night. I would wake up in the morning, read the Bible, and pray. During my time at school, between classes, I would read the Bible and pray. And I didn't just read the Bible, but I meditate in the Hebrew sense of the word, which is the word Hagah. That means to moan, to speak, to mutter. So I would literally carry my Bible and read it out loud all throughout my house. I turned my television off. You know, my father had to put me on punishment, but it wasn't from from girls or parties or television. He told me I read my Bible too much. Now that is a good problem. <laughs> But, you know, I did it not to be religious, but I did it out of desperation. And something happened to me, Sid, that changed my life. God began to impart to me supernatural revelation and understanding. I call it supernatural or divine intelligence. And all of a sudden, I could understand my classwork. I could understand math, geography, history. The Holy Spirit started to bring things back to my remembrance. And I went to... I went from a GPA that was so low that I could not be admitted to any college to, in one year, actually, a supernatural turnaround in my grades, and I was accepted to college, ended up getting a scholarship, and did better in college than I did my entire history in in grade school. I, I don't know how people make it. I made it, but I don't know how people make it that don't know the Lord. That They have a decided disadvantage. They're not operating with the life of God within them. Now, you also told me just before we went on the air uh, that you used to sing a song at church, Father Abraham. Uh, do you remember the words of that song? Sing it if you remember it. Yeah, it says, Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's just praise the Lord. What did the song mean to you back then, and how is it different today? Well, back then, again, you know, I grew up in church, and it was something we just had to do. I didn't, but I had questions about it. I said, who is this Abraham guy? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what does he have to do with me? I don't know anybody named Abraham. And uh, and, I, and I'm sure if he's in the Bible, he's probably dead by now. And and how can I be his son? I'll, only father I knew was James C. Bridges. I didn't know about any father Abraham. And so, but I had questions in my heart, and I and I thank God because even sometimes when we're young, he'll he'll see things in our heart to really spark our curiosity. And what I what I what I realized over the years is what I was doing, I was literally blessing myself. I was speaking a blessing, an ancient biblical blessing over myself that would really bless me then and now. And in Galatians 3, it talks about the blessing of Abraham. Abraham is the father of our faith. He's the father of the Jewish people. 
And that blessing has come upon the Gentiles, those who are not Jewish, through Jesus, through Yeshua. And as we place our faith in him, we get to enjoy the benefits of of the blessing that was on Abraham's life. Abraham lived to be 175 years old, plus, plus, some scholars believe. And so I was literally tapping into an ancient Hebraic blessing and didn't even know it. And the thing that I find is key is it's not a passive thing. The degree of blessing is based on the degree of knowledge that you have of the Word and having faith and action in that knowledge. Uh, In other words, people think, well, if God wants to bless me, he'll bless me. But it doesn't really work that way, does it, Kenan? No. In fact— Hosea 4, 6 says that my people are destroyed or they perish for lack of knowledge. Now, that word knowledge is an interesting Hebrew word. It's not just talking about information. But what it's talking about is understanding and comprehension. For example, everybody knows that they have a heart in their chest, or they should know by now if they're an adult. (laughs) But (laughs) everybody doesn't know what it takes to have a healthy heart. To, to have a healthy blood flow and so forth. That comes from understanding or applied knowledge. And what happens is there are so many people in the body of Yeshua, there's so many people in the world today who they love God, they have a relationship with God, but they are ignorant of many of the blessings and benefits that he has extended to them in Yeshua, particularly the blessing of favor. Like- now, now let, me, let me ask you this question. Uh, I have your brand new book. Uh, it's called Supernatural Favor, Living in God's Abundance. Uh, why did you write this book? Well, do you have some tissue on hand? Because it, it, may, it, may be it may make you cry. So you may need to get a box of tissue for this one. But no, seriously... I wrote the book because I was one of those people I just mentioned. I was in God, in the Lord, and had experienced the favor of God, you know, in many areas of my life, you know, before. But I I hit a wall in my Christian experience. I was frustrated. I was suffering from lack. I was suffering from disappointment in God. I thought that God wasn't fair. I thought that he loved other believers more than he loved me because they would get up and testify about how he would bless them, and I couldn't even pay my bills. I couldn't even, you know, a quick testimony. When I got married as a young person, you know, my wife and I, we traveled from our honeymoon, and we were so excited. We still had that honeymoon uh, shine on our face, and we had been eating real good in Orlando. And when we drove back to Tampa, I heard some devastating news. I found out that I lost my job. Hmm. Now, the problem was we had just moved into a house. We had just bought a a brand new car. We were living the young married life. And we uh, we were believers at the time, of course. I wasn't in ministry around this time. We just joined a little small church. And uh, that was a problem because now we had bills mounting. My wife was not working. I was not working. And I didn't know what to do. Well, things went from bad to worse. Actually, we lost our house, we lost the car, and we moved into, well, there was a young man 
in our church who owned an apartment complex, wasn't in the best neighborhood, and uh, he offered to let us stay there, and we moved in with him. Or moved into his company. It's amazing you even stayed married under those circumstances, but we're out of time. Uh, and I want to, you can tell, he is a God ordained teacher. And he is not teaching theory, he's teaching what works in his life and works in members of his congregation's life. The brand new book, Supernatural Favor, and three CDs in which he declares favor declarations over you and prays for this impartation. You can't impart what you don't have yourself for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 1-800-447-2697. My guest, Kenan Bridges, is red hot for the Messiah, but it sure didn't start out that way. Uh, he, he gets married, uh, and he's uh, on his honeymoon, and he gets home. He loses his job. He, he has to move in and with another family, uh, and things didn't get better, did they, Kenan? <laughs> no, they actually got worse, unfortunately, and and as I mentioned before, I— my my life began to take a turn for the worse, and we ended up losing our car, losing the house, and we uh, there was a gentleman that owned the complex in our in our congregation at the time that we were attending. He invited us to come stay. The, the The apartment didn't even have any doors in any of the rooms. It was a little small two bedroom apartment, and uh, it was just a very challenging time. The turnaround for me, however was an an encounter I had with God where I'm literally walking outside. I'm I'm just kind of frustrated talking to the Lord. And it's almost like everything faded away. There was just silence. All the cars passing by, all the birds chirping, it, it literally became a silent moment. And it was like I heard the audible voice of the Lord. And he said, I know the plans I have for you plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future, plans of good and not of evil. And he was literally speaking Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, And that word resonated in my spirit. And I tell people often, whenever God speaks to you, you can bet your bottom dollar there's going to come two things. Number one, there's going to come a divine instruction that you must follow. And number two, there's going to come opposition. And what the Lord began to tell us to do is to sow into his kingdom. In fact, one of the scriptures during that time in my life that really became real was Second Corinthians chapter 9, where God says he gives seed to the sower. He says, if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. But the blessing is, Second Corinthians 9, 8, that, that it says God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having all sufficiency and all things may abound to every good work. Now, in the, in the Greek translation, or even the Amplified, it says that you might receive all favor and earthly blessing, having no need of aid or support. And I just didn't believe that, honestly, Sid. I'm thinking, well, we, we, we're not working. I had a little small business at the time, but it wasn't generating any income. Here my wife is, and actually found out recently that she was pregnant, and it was so bad, sometimes we would just 
one funny story. We actually snuck into our church's pantry to try to eat dinner. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, it was just a bad situation. And so God now, in the midst of all this lack where poverty, which I didn't know it was a spirit of poverty attacking us at the time, all this stuff is going on in our lives, and God begins to tell us to sow. Now, I'm thinking, the, the first thought that comes to my mind is, well, no, maybe that instruction was for someone else. I think I mistakenly caught a wrong radio signal or something. Maybe he meant that for the person down the street. And God says, no, I want you to sow. So all of a sudden, we start sowing even what we didn't even believe we had. It started with a single mother in our church, and the Lord says, I want you to give everything you have to this lady. And I'm thinking, God, but we don't even have gas money to get home. I mean, how are we going to give her everything? God says, I want you to sow. And I didn't know at that time, Sid, that what God was trying to do was he was trying to make us a blessing, not just give us a blessing. You know, God told Abraham, I will make you a blessing. And so the blessing of Abraham was, was trying to get to us so that we could become a blessing. And so we begin to sow, and the most amazing things start to happen. A chain reaction started to, to, to happen in the spiritual realm first, and then in the natural. People started to come up, us, up to us I'm sorry, and say, listen, the Lord told me to give you this. Even our landlord that we had just moved in with, he said, the Lord told me to give you $200. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know a landlord in town that gives you money. <laughs> I know plenty that will take <laughs> And so... He gives us money, and he says, don't worry about the rent and, 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 and uh, uh, this month, and he gives us money, and people start to come up to us and, and give us things. Someone gave us a car. Someone began to bless us. I mean, all over the place, someone would call us and say, I'm giving you $2,000, and it just began to go on and on and on. In fact, during that time, my wife was trying to get an internship at the school she was attending. She goes to the school, and when she meets the coordinator for the program, the coordinator says, you know what, I was just thinking about you. I was trying to get in contact with you. Look, I want to tell you about something that happened. We just got a grant for hundreds of thousands of dollars, and we want to hire you guys as contractors. Here's a $5,000 contract. And she says to my wife, she says, now, what were you going to ask me again? My wife says, uh, nothing. <laughs> and, and so... This thing began to just overflow into our lives, one blessing after another. And another thing that happened during that season that was amazing was all the money that we had, Sid, God literally began to multiply it. My wife would go to the grocery store with $20, and she would come back with $150 worth of groceries. And I would say, well, where did you get these from? Did somebody give these to you? Did you have a coupon? She says, no, I don't know. Now, my wife was an accountant by trade, and she couldn't account for all the things that were happening in our life. And that's just a, that's just a taste of what can happen when you get the revelation of God's favor in your life. Tell me uh, just a little bit, because I have your three CDs and I have your book, Supernatural Favor. Tell me just a little bit about, and this was under the old covenant, and of course we are under the new and have better promises, but under the old covenant, how did Abraham tap in to this favor? Well, there's several ways, but there's one main key that Abraham had. I should say maybe two keys. The first thing the Bible says concerning Abraham, the Bible says, and Abraham believed God. 
Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And Abraham had faith that what God had promised was more real than his current circumstances. Here Abraham was unable to conceive a child. He was unable to have have his own lineage. And God comes to him and says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And Abraham responds accordingly. Abraham says, I believe you, God. And when Abraham does that, it releases the blessing upon his life. And there's someone listening right now, and they're going through a very difficult time. It's actually a minister. And you're going through challenges financially. You're going through challenges in your 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 congregation. And you feel in despair. You feel depressed. And I want to let you know that the Word of God, the favor of God, is more powerful than anything you can face in your life right now. And Abraham understood that divine principle. The second thing Abraham understood was intimacy with God. Abraham had a relationship with God. He had a friendship with God. And I tell people all the time, Sid, God favors his friends. If you ever want a seat at the table, if you ever want a box seat, just be friends with God. He'll get you right close to the action. And God favors his friends, and that intimacy with God released supernatural favor over his life, so much so that whenever whenever Abraham went somewhere, whenever he went to a, a nation, like when he went down to Egypt with Sarah, God began to speak to his enemies on his behalf and tell them to bless Abraham. And we have that available in even greater measure as those that are believers in Yeshua. And you know what? The Bible talks about the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. And although in the natural, it looks like things are going to get pretty tough in America financially. That's what many prophetic people are saying will be the great wealth transfer. But I have to believe if people don't get themselves in the predetermined spot, in the position that God has for them through having knowledge with favor, they're not going to take advantage of the wealth transfer. It'll go right by them. Exactly. In fact, there's a, there's a, there's a key word there. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just And you have to be just. You have to be in right standing with God in order to be a benefactor of God's supernatural favor and provision. In fact, if you go over there to, I believe, Exodus chapter 12, verse 36, what you see is that when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt, the Bible says that God gave the Israelites favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And they gave them great spoil, great amounts of gold and silver and wealth. They literally spoiled the Egyptians. And that represents the transfer from a demonic system, a worldly system, into the kingdom of God. But only those who are in right relationship with God, only those who are trusting the word and those who are walking in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, I believe that's a very vital key, only those will be sensitive enough to be led into the blessing and into God's divine provision. Keenan, uh, many people say, oh, 
the ones that are on TV or the pastors, they talk about giving, and then they have a captive audience, so to speak, that gives them money, and it doesn't work for a lot of people. Um, and, but if you weren't a pastor, it wouldn't work for you. If you weren't on television, it wouldn't work for you. How is it working for the average believer in your church? Well, I just must say, Sid, that that is absolutely wrong. It's an excuse. In fact, I had such a negative view of television evangelists for many, many years as a believer. And God had to actually rebuke me because I was, my attitude was wrong, and I was literally repelling away the favor of God. A lot of people raise funds with a, uh, a greed motivation. If you give then God will be the great slot machine in the sky, and you'll get a thousand times more. Uh, and, and, and then they use manipulative language, and people, frankly, are very turned off. Uh, what would you say? I threw a lot at you, but what would you say, Keenan? Well, first, I'll deal with the, the television evangelist part, because I think that's very important. And unfortunately, within the last 15 to 20 years, there has been a lot of abuse uh, in, in Christendom as a whole as it relates to giving and prosperity and so forth. So there are many people, even people listening now, who have been discouraged by that. I've even been a victim of manipulation. I've given, I've sown seeds, and nothing happened. And I was frustrated with God. And one of the things that is so important is motive. Our motive has to be our desire to please God. In fact, if you study 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, not grudgingly or of necessity. Now, the word necessity in Greek means necessity. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means to give out of need. In other words, we don't just sow because we want something or need something in return, but we sow as an act of our obedience and worship of God and out of our love relationship with God. Now, here's the kicker. When we sow in faith and obedience, God obligates himself to meet us at the point of our faith and obedience and to, and to manifest a great harvest in our obedience. So I think it's, it's very important to understand why you and I are to give and why you and I are to to be faithful to God. But more importantly, it's important to understand that the Word of God is true. I, I want to tell people this to someone listening now. You are already prospered. The moment you gave your heart to Yeshua, the prosperity of God was upon your life. You simply need to know how to release that prosperity through obedience and through faith and through being where God has planted you, which is another important key. You know, if you do what God is calling you to do, if you are faithful where God has planted you, you will, my friend, my brother, my sister, experience the blessing of God. But I do want to share this. This is so important. When we teach favor in our congregation and when people get a hold of this teaching, we are seeing miracles, Sid. We are seeing people's lives turned around. In fact, uh, one time during one of our services, I began to make declarations for financial breakthrough over our congregation. We have several people there with businesses. And we, in literally a matter of days, 
saw turnaround in people's business. There was one young man that had a contracting business, and he had no business for several months. In fact, his business was so slow, he had to get another job and put his business on the shelf. Well, that day we did the declaration. The next day, he gets a call from a person that owns, a, you know, like a, an apartment complex, and they said, we want to get your bid on this complex. Well, he had been out of work so long, he didn't want to lose the business, so he literally just told the lady, well, whatever the last person bid, I'll just do lower than that. She says, no, you have to give me a number. And they go back and forth for hours, literally, and he says, well, uh, maybe 4000 5000 He's He's just low-balling out of fear. And finally, he comes up with a number that was so big and so ridiculous that he was afraid to tell the lady. Finally, she begs him and says, you have to tell me what, what the price is. I'm, I promise you, you'll probably get it. And he tells her the number, and the lady says, okay. So out of nowhere, he gets this, this huge, huge contract to do, do this apartment complex right after the favor decree over his life. And we see this all... Now, now out of curiosity, when, I walk in the favor of God. I love it. But favor is not just in financial areas. How does it work in things like sickness, in things like uh, family relationships, uh, in, in, in things like uh, just wherever you go, people like you, people favor you. How, how is this word? Give me one testimony. Well, you want one. So I'll, I'll give you one. There was a mother in our church. Her son actually had been involved in some criminal activity, he had a felony on his record. He couldn't get a job. He couldn't do uh, anything, really. And she had been praying for him for many, many years, and just that he would go on the straight and narrow. Well, she got a hold of our teaching, and that morning she actually brought her son, her husband, and she began to declare that her whole family walk in the blessing of Abraham. Well, that same day, somehow, when he was trying to get this job, with all this criminal activity on his record, he passed the background check after, after applying to the same place and not being able to get past the background check for months. He passes the background check. Several weeks later, he goes to court for a hearing where they're about to give him prison time. And he stands before the judge, and the judge just stares at him. It's something different about you. He says, are you tired of seeing me, son? And the guy says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the judge says, case dismissed. Literally wipes his record completely clean. He's working, has a good job, and everything's flowing in his life. What is your definition of biblical favor? Well, favor, there are a couple of definitions, but I'll use an Old Testament definition as we see in the life of Abraham and Joseph. In fact, over there in Genesis 39, God talks of Joseph and he says, and the Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man. And this was a Hebrew slave in an Egyptian house. And later on there in that chapter, he says, and God gave him favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Well, the Hebrew word for favor is the word chin, C-H-E-N, and it means liking. It means preferential treatment. It means goodness or charm. So the favor of God is really when God is smiling upon you. 
in every area in, of your life, in your health, in your finances, in your relationships, in your ministry. It's an all-encompassing reality where we are literally walking under an open heaven. Now, I had a friend who's in heaven right now. His name was Dr. Derek Prince, and he used to always say it's so important to declare the scriptures over you. How important is it to you and members of your congregation to do these favor declarations? Well, we, we do them all the time in our church, and and those that follow our ministry, whether it be online or any other medium we use, we, we are often declaring the Word of God. And the reason why the Word of God is so important is because the Bible says in the beginning was the Word. In fact, let me share this with you real quick. The Bible says that the words of the just, or a word fitly spoken, is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. And that's in Proverbs 25, 11. We did a fast in our church where we went 21 days only declaring God's word. And during this fast, one of the young men in our congregation was going through some challenges on his job. In fact, they brought in a new manager, and the manager gave him a very negative report. His job was now in jeopardy. And uh, because we were on the 21 days of positive confession, he was unable to complain about it. Well, one day that manager invites them to go out to lunch, his whole team. And she comes to him and says, can I carpool with you? The same one that gave him a negative report. While in the car, she says, are there any complaints you have about me or this, compa- or this uh, department? And he says, you know what? He remembered the fasting we were doing. He says, you know what? I'm just thankful to have a job. I'm blessed. I think this is a wonderful place of employment, and I just thank God for this opportunity. The lady looks at him with a perplexed look, and she says, I've never heard anything like that in my life. <laughs> what are you talking about? She says that it, she was so refreshed by it. She says, you know what? I, I just, I'm just blown away. She gets back to the office. The same one that tried to fire him recommends him for a promotion on his job. Two weeks later, he gets a promotion and a pay increase. By his words. The Bible says, by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. Now, on tomorrow's broadcast, uh, tell me about even your own mother when you proclaimed uh, favor over her and got a physical healing. But uh, again, in your words, why did you write the book, Supernatural Favor, and why the three-CD series, Favor Revolution? Because the body of Christ needs to tap into this prophetic understanding of how to dwell in the land of Goshen. Because if we don't, what, what is coming ahead will overtake us. But if we tap into this favor that has transformed our life, we will be able to live in God's abundant supply, spirit, soul, and body. But what, what did God tell you is coming uh in the United States in, re- in reference to favor this year? Well, the Lord actually had a, a dream. It was actually more of a vision. I was standing in a field. It was a wheat field. Oh, no, I did it to myself. I'm sorry. We'll pick up right here on tomorrow's broadcast. But I want to send this entire package, the brand new book, Supernatural Favor, the three CD series called Favor Revolution for a gift of $35. 
Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697, 1-800-447-2697. I want you to tell me about the—we uh, were talking about God began moving supernaturally in your life in dreams and visions and words, and he was talking to you about what's coming. Explain. Well, I was, I was sitting there, and the Lord gave me a vision, almost like an open vision, where I was standing in the middle of a wheat field. And this wheat field was so vast and so wide that you couldn't see the end of it. And I was right there in the center. And I began to ask God, what is this? What is this place, this wheat field? And God said, this is my abundant supply. In fact, there is no shortage in the kingdom of God, despite what we hear on television about fiscal cliffs and about economic woes. In the kingdom of God, there is no shortage. There is no lack. There's only surplus. And I believe, Sid, that this is the year of the Lord's favor. I believe that this is the year of an open heaven where the body of Christ is going to begin to experience the supernatural favor of God in a way that we have never seen before. You know, Keenan, we we here uh, on its supernatural messianic vision are making plans for great expansion, and it defies logic. And sometimes I say to my brain, uh, brain, stay on tilt because it makes no sense. I mean, if there's going to be a lack of jobs, if there's going to be a depression, how can we be expanding into the secular arena like we are? Well, I believe I'm walking on more favor than what's going on to the econ- in the economy. I really do. In fact, you know, in Genesis, it talks about the land of Goshen. Now, of course, those who know about this, Joseph was one of the patriarchs of the faith, and, and he establishes the community in Goshen, which becomes sort of a stalwart and It becomes a haven for the Israelites for over 430 years. Now, even during the plagues of Egypt, Goshen was untouched. Now, the Hebrew word Goshen is the word for draw near. In other words, the key to favor this year and as long until Jesus comes back, I believe, is intimacy with God. How how do you facilitate this? In other words, those are easy words to roll off your lips, but uh, teach us what you're doing so we can do it to have that same intimacy with God. First of all, you'd be surprised how few Christians actually read the Bible and meditate in God's Word. You'd be even more surprised by how many Christians spend time praying how many believers spend time praying to God. And so what we're going to have to do in this season is be intentional. Sometimes it's going to require you cutting off the television. I believe it's going to require us maybe maybe doing a little bit less social media than we've been used to and really getting before God and hearing God's voice because it's the voice of God, the divine instruction of God that will place us where God has intended for us to be. And it's in that place. You know, the Bible talks about in Deuteronomy, receiving rain in our land, in our season. That means that there's a strategic location where the favor of God has already been reserved for you. And as you go into that place of favor, that's where you're going to see the blessing 
like never before. Now, I promised on yesterday's broadcast, uh, we talk about favor with health. Tell me what happened with your mom. Well, when I was young, I was, my mom was battling a lot of health problems. And in this particular area of her health, she had a blood clot in her lungs. We didn't know what it was. And so she went into a coma. It started off as a partial coma. She couldn't remember anybody except myself and my oldest brother. She couldn't remember my sisters, my father, her, her own mother. And she went in and out of consciousness. And so she's in the hospital. And I didn't know a lot about healing at the time, but I did understand the power of God's Word, speaking the Word of God, speaking the favor of God over my life. The Lord had taught me that a little bit previous to that. And so we're in the hospital, and they said my mother was possibly going to die. The blood clot was traveling to her lungs. She had been in a coma. She was unable to communicate. And all of a sudden, I began to just declare Lord, that you are God Almighty. You are wonderful. Your word says that that you are the God that heals us. And I begin to declare that over my mother. All of a sudden, the pastor of our church, he walks in the room, and as soon as he goes through the threshold of the door, my mother wakes out of the coma and says, El Shaddai. Now, I don't know if you know what that means, but that's a Hebrew word which means God Almighty or God who is more than enough. And within minutes, my mother is supernaturally healed, comes out of the coma, and later is released from the hospital with no blood clot in her lungs. Paint me a picture of what the people, they get under your teaching and do it. Uh, what their life could be like with what's coming around the corner in America? Well, first of all, we're talking about divine protection. Because as we mentioned before with Goshen, we're not just dealing with financial things, but we're talking about protecting our families. We're talking about protecting our jobs, our businesses, to come under the canopy of blessing. So that's number one, that they're going to experience God's supernatural protection. The other thing they're going to experience is God's supernatural acceleration. For example, there's a young lady in our church that has a business. She's a businesswoman, and uh, she began to get hold of this teaching, which was fairly new for her. And, And she was, you know, operating her business, and she was basically just surviving. And I spoke a prophetic word over her, and I said, you are thinking too small. God says there's more. And so she takes that word and she starts thinking about what I was talking about. What does he mean there's more? And she looks at the finances, looks at the books, and she says, you know, okay, God, I'm believing you for this amount. Well, not only did she believe for that amount, but what God did was three times that. He went over and above what she asked or thought about. The other thing is we're teaching our church this principle. You know, many churches are scaling back. Many churches, they're seeing their giving reduce. Since we've been teaching this message of favor, giving in our church has tripled without asking for it. We don't manipulate anybody. We don't beg for money. We don't take up five offerings of service. And the giving has tripled. We have 100% tithing in our ministry, including the children. The three-year-olds are tithing in our ministry. And the church is growing. People are being blessed. 
And I believe that's what's going to happen in the midst of this economic attack and this the things going on in our society as we tap into this message of intimacy with God and we begin to release the favor of God, we're going to see the church rise in power and influence to be able to advance the kingdom of God in these last days. And you know what? The church will start doing what the government is trying to do and not very successful. They're going to do it right. That's the appointed agency that God chose. Tell me about the time God spoke to you about angels of provision. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, you know, we were just starting out as a church at the time and, and really struggling financially. I mean, we didn't really have the giving, and, and I was frustrated. I walked away from a corporate job, so did my wife. And I heard a teaching one day, or a message rather, and it went like this. Your congregation is not your source. And I thought, yes, they are. <laughs> sure they are. And God said, no, they're not. And I said, do you mean to tell me that the congregation is not my source? And God says, yes. All of a sudden, my paradigm started shifting. God started seeding this revelation in my spirit. And we began to do the craziest things here we started to declare the angels of provision to go out and retrieve everything God intended for us. I literally laid hands on my mailbox and I said, this mailbox is a receptacle of God's divine resource. I didn't even know what receptacle meant at the time. This is a receptacle of divine resources. And all of a sudden, immediately the same day, there was a check in the mail for $500. The next day, another check. The next day, another check. Another member knocked on my door and, and sowed a seed of $1,000. By the end of that week, there were thousands of dollars in that mailbox. And God began to show me from that point on, I don't really ask for money anymore. I simply release angels of provision to go and retrieve what God has already promised. Tell me what reports you're getting from people that are reading your book or sitting under your teaching. Well, the first report we're getting is people are changing their paradigms. People are stopped. They're no longer looking for God to do something, but they're starting to recognize what God has already done. You know, Ephesians chapter 1 says that we are already blessed. In fact, <laughs> one lady was, uh, was, she had a dream about a lady that she deals with, that the lady sold a house. And she she runs into the lady. She's a realtor. and says, I had a dream that you just sold a house today. And she says, you did what? She says, yeah, I had a dream that she's not a believer. She says, yeah, I had a dream that you sold your house. She says, today I just closed on a multi, multi-million dollar listing. She says, and now I know who I need to hire to stage my homes. So you see from the favor of God, God is giving people ideas. We're seeing ministries turn around. We're seeing families come together. We're seeing marriages restored. We're seeing people being healed in their bodies. In fact, we had a prayer call. No, I'm sorry. We're out of time. Healings are exploding because the favor is on the people that sit under your teaching. Tell me some of the healings that have exploded. One lady, uh, she 
at Gout, and we do a prayer call every morning. And literally on the call, I began to call out Gout being healed, and she was instantly healed of Gout. Another time we had a healing meeting, and there was a girl that had three lumps on her breast. And uh, she comes into the meeting. I was about to lay hands on her. The Lord says, do not lay hands on her. He says, I want you to declare my healing and my favor over her life. And I begin to declare it. Do you know that those all three lumps on her breast were dissolved instantly in the service? Another lady had terminal cancer. They gave her six months to live. We had been praying for her, and we began to declare over her life. She recently just went back to the doctor. Not a trace of cancer in her blood. She's completely healed in Yeshua's name. Tell me a little bit about what grace means to you tied in with supernatural favor. Well, grace is, is a, it's a very powerful word. and We see it in the Old Testament. We see it a lot in the New Testament. In the New Testament, grace is always, almost always translated charis or charis, where we get the word charisma from. And it means not only God's goodness or his mercy, but it deals with God's enabling power. The, the grace of God enables us to do what we cannot do on our own. You know, I talk about our ministry. I talk about my family and how we've experienced a turnaround. And I mean, there was a time when I thought that, man, I, I can't do this, Lord. This is too difficult. It's too difficult pastoring. But when I begin to yield to the grace of God or the supernatural empowerment of God, it takes the burden off of me. Jesus says, Take upon me, Yeshua, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the, the grace of God is the supernatural power of God. And what happens in our church, for example, as people sit under this teaching, they go out and they begin to do the greater works of Jesus. They begin to minister with power and authority. They begin to see the manifestation of God's goodness in their lives. And, and, I, and I tell people this is so key. When favor is on you and grace is on you, it's kind of like my favorite basketball player, Michael Jordan. You know, he could just kind of glide in the air. I've never seen anything like it. And what happens is you'll still face oppositions, but there'll be so much grace on your life that you will overcome them with ease. There's not toiling in the work anymore. There's, there's power there available for you to overcome. Uh, talking about one, one of the neatest examples of this supernatural grace, the power and the favor, is, is that man uh, that was a musician and a writer, and he was laid off, and he couldn't find a job. He, he sat under your teaching. What happened? Well, he, he's, he's going through a lot. He was going through a lot of the time and, and problems in his marriage, problems in his family, and he literally gets hold of the teaching. He lives in a different state. He got hold of the teaching, and some of our materials read through them in like two days or three days. Do you know that immediately after he's done, a record company contacts him and says, we've been, we've been looking for you. We saw something that you did online, and this has to go out to the nations. And they asked him, Whatever you want, we'll do it. Just tell us. Do you want a royalty? How much? Whatever you want, we'll do it. And I'm telling you, Sid, people that are catching this prophetic message are seeing 
total turnaround. Another lady was going through problems in her marriage, and she got the understanding about how our words release the favor of God and how our words literally create an atmosphere for God to move on our behalf. And so she started speaking life over her marriage. She's been divorced for years. Her husband moved back in with her, and now he is talking about her church, and and he's praising her church for giving her this kind of understanding, and her marriage is being restored supernaturally. But it all begins with us understanding that God has favored us, that the favor, all the favor that we need is in Yeshua. And if we'll plug into him, if we'll love him, if we'll put our faith and trust in him, and if we'll speak the favor of God over our lives and over our circumstances, we too will walk under the same favor that Abraham and that Yeshua walked under. Now, you talk about, and and, and I have to say, uh, God has so fine-tuned your teaching on favor. Uh, You teach at a level that I have not heard before. Uh, Tell me about the word expectation. How important is that? Expectation is very important. You know, expectation is, is the catalyst for everything that we are able to experience and receive in our lives. I tell people that the atmosphere of expectation or the attitude of expectation is the atmosphere for the miraculous. Literally, what you expect, you literally attract to yourself. It's a spiritual law. For example, some people may listen to a a teaching like this and say, ah, ah, (laughs) fooey. And they experience fooey in their lives. Because they are literally expecting it, but those that expect more always experience more. Yeah, but what would you say to someone that uh, they 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 had their expectation up for years and nothing happened, and now they figure I'm not going to hurt myself anymore. I'm done with this expectation. What would you say? Well, I would tell them to do what David did in the in in Samuel. The Philistines came and they pillaged their territory and the camp and they they were talking of stoning David and David was in a very bad situation now he had been going through a lot but the bible says he encouraged himself in the lord and i tell people all the time you got to learn to talk to yourself yeah people may think you're crazy they may think you're listening to music without headphones but sometimes you just have to talk to yourself and encourage yourself in the lord and i want to encourage someone out there that's listening right now You need to be encouraged. You need to know that God loves you. You need to know that God has a great plan for your life, and he's not giving up on you. So don't you give up on yourself. Speak life over your situation. When I wake up out of the bed every day, I expect the favor of God to manifest. And I kid you not, Sid, something good happens to me every day. You know, when people listen to your teaching and when they read your book, uh, where they had no hope, a supernatural hope starts developing. Have, have people told you that? Yes, all the time. We, we get people that have had chronic illnesses in their body. In fact, one guy, he was literally dying. He had a, had a brain condition where he was dying, and he had been to all the healing ministers, all the conferences, and he began to sit under the teaching, and all of a sudden hope began to come back. His joy began to come back. He began to expect from God, and in less than 12 months, his condition was turned around. He's alive and well. His family is blessed. 
his children are blessed. And that's the power of supernatural expectation. The Bible says we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. See, hope is invisible to the natural eye, but it's real. And the more we hope, the more we begin to anticipate. And the more we begin to anticipate, it's like an electrical charge. We're plugging into the source, and the power is generating. So hope, then, Sid, is literally the catalytic converter of the supernatural. It's what converts all of our dreams, all of our anticipations into manifestation. So without hope, without expectation, there will never be manifestation. We have to hope in God. David said, why so cast down on my soul? Hope in God. While we yet praise him. That means I'm going to praise him even though things around me look crazy. Sid, I'm a living testimony. Nobody would have thought that I would be where I am today. Nobody would have thought that I would have authored books and done ministry. That was not in my future as far as I was concerned. But God had another thing in mind. And when I got hold of the word of God and I began to speak the word of God consistently, whether I felt it or not, and I began to declare the word of God over my life, it began to release the favor and power of God over my life. And when it did, things began to turn around. Well, is it time for a turnaround in your life? Is it time to be supernaturally injected with supernatural hope? Is it time that uh, your expectation will be like it was when you were a brand new believer? Is it time that uh, you get in the right place at the right time? I believe that as you read Supernatural Favor and listen to the three CDs, especially with uh, Pastor Keenan praying over you, favor declarations, and the prayer of impartation. I I mean, he has got a revelation that few Bible believers have. It's time for you to walk in supernatural favor for a gift of $35. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.com. That's www.sidroth.org. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime. 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina. 28278.